are uh, are tests that high school students take getting easier? Yes, says our next guest, James Scholes from the Show Me Institute, and he'll join us in studio. First- news Radio eleven twenty KMOX, St. Louis's news, traffic, and weather. Depend on it. Hey, don't forget, you can always call the Wine Line 24-7 at 444-3000, and we will have one, a special Independence Day version tomorrow at this time. James Schultz is with us. He teaches at UMSL and is also a fellow at the Show Me Institute, the think tank based here in St. Louis. And first of all, welcome back to KMOX. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be back with you. You've crunched some numbers taking a look at increased test scores, which are good because they mean that uh, some of these unaccredited schools can be accredited again because if test scores too lo- are too low, school districts lose their accreditation. But you're insisting that the higher test scores are because the tests are getting easier? Yeah, that's that's one of the amazing things from this study that came up from uh, a couple of professors at Harvard that look at the rigor of tests and, and how tough it is to score proficient or advanced. You know, so when I talk about the, the standards getting easier, there's the standards that we write on paper that say what you should teach kids, but then there's the test and the rigor of the test, what you need to do on a test to score proficient. And when we look over time, from 2009 to 2017, Missouri is the only state in the country where the tests have gotten easier. And that is part of the reason when we look at some of our school districts, the test scores seem to be going up. Well, it's probably because the tests have gotten easier. Well, and some districts have recently achieved accreditation when they were unaccredited. That's right. So the Normandy School District especially is the one I highlight in an article in the Post-Dispatch um, they we have this thing called the Missouri School Improvement Program. MSIP is is the program they use to accredit schools. And a few years ago, Normandy scored a seven seven percent on on their accreditation score. Terrible, but they've been heading in the right direction. They've got steady leadership under Charles Pearson. The state has stepped in. Things are going in the right direction. But this year, they this past year, they scored sixty two point five. Uh, still not great portion of that score comes from test scores. And so what I argue in my piece that I had in the Post-Dispatch is that it's possible that the easier test helped push Normandy over the border, over the line, into the accreditation, into the accredited range. And to me, that deserves us uh, a little closer inspection. We should look into this and see what role this has played. Now, have the detached Harvard professors actually examined the Missouri tests? So, I mean, what they do to evaluate this, to look at our state versus all the other states, is we have this thing called the NAEP, the National Assessment of Educational Progress. It's administered by the federal government in every state. Uh, We use it, we call it the nation's report card. Okay. And so what they do is they look at the NAEP and say, okay, 50% of students score proficient on the NAEP, and in your state, 70% score proficient. Well, your, your test is relatively easy compared to the NAEP. So it's not a standardized test from Maine to Malibu. Well, it's the the NAEP is the same test everywhere, but every state has their own test. And so what it does is looks at how you do in your state test relative to that nation's report card. Oh. And what you see is in 2009, we had one of the most rigorous state tests in the country. So that meant you scored relatively close on the state test to what you did on the national test. But from 2009 to 2017, we went from the toughest, one of the toughest tests in the country down to one of the easiest tests in the country. Now, are we actually looking at the test itself and looking at the questions, or are we just looking at the results and figuring, oh, it must be easier because the test scores are going up? It's it's 
just looking at the results of the two different tests and the discrepancy between them. Well, how do we know that the tests themselves are the same or even more difficult, just the kids are doing better? Yeah, well, if, if the kids were doing better on one, you would expect them to do better on the other, right? <laughs> because they're not doing as well on the national test. Right. Yeah, the, our state scores are going up, but the national scores are staying flat. So, well, is it possible that they're teaching to the Missouri test, spending more time in the classroom getting ready for the Missouri test because that's the key for accreditation? I, I think that's highly unlikely, especially given the circumstances here in Missouri over the past few years. We've changed tests several times and changed standards. So those the standards are the, what was written on the paper that say what teachers should, te- should teach. You know, we had our Missouri standards. We went to the Common Core. We left the Common Core. We went to something else. And, and in that time period, we've gone through three different right. tests. So I don't think that the teachers were really changing what they were doing based on the, our own state tests. The tests are just getting easier. But don't you need an educator to actually look over that Missouri test and say, you know, these questions are too easy, as opposed to just figuring that because the kids have done better, on the test that the test must be too easy. No, I don't think that's what you need at all. So the test, if you looked at a test and looked at the questions, that wouldn't even tell you anything about the rigor on the test. So Why not? Because there's a, the cut score, what, what you need to score proficient. Let's say you have 10 questions. You look at those 10 questions and you say, oh, yeah, those are really tough questions. But someone else sets the passage rate, and they set that passage rate at you only need four questions to get it uh, proficient. Right? So... There's the rigor of the questions, there's the, the rigor of the standards, and there's the rigor of the cut score. That's the, the point at which you pass into that, uh, that a proficient range, and that's the thing that we're talking about. That's the thing we're talking about. So in other words, you can get three or four questions right and have be considered proficient or uh, have mastery of the subject. Right. So, so all, the, all these things matter. All of them matter, the, the, the standards the the questions the proficiency but we can say our test is getting easier because we have an outside benchmark uh-huh we have a measuring stick to measure us that's the nape well shouldn't it be okay you have to get the 75% of the questions correct to be considered proficient on any test because uh- you're being too silly. <laughs> no, I mean, that makes logical sense, uh, but that's not the way we do it. So in other words, okay, let's say there's a math test, and let's say it's given to the Normandy students. What percentage of the questions must be answered correctly for proficiency to be declared? Yeah, there's. I have no idea. I, I don't know that anyone knows exactly well, the not, right uh, number of questions, or someone might know, maybe the testing company might know, what. but there's... With us moving more and more towards online tests that are adaptive, you have students, two different students taking the same test that don't even have the same questions, right? So to say that you have to score a certain number of right answers is difficult when you have different questions with different levels of rigor in those questions. So all these things come into play. Uh, that, that seems too complicated to me. It just seems to me that it should be like the SAT or the ACT. Those are all the same questions given to all the students, aren't they? Uh, they're not. Well, so well the so like the, the. It's been a long time since I took the ACT or SAT. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of the GRE, the Graduate Record, Records uh-huh. Exam, which is computer adaptive, and it it gets tougher and easier based on the questions that you have. And I would imagine the ACT and SAT don't give everyone the same questions. So if you got two students sitting at a computer answering questions on the same day. Will they have different tests? Yes. And, and this is all for the NAEP and other um, tests as well? Yeah, this is, this is becoming quite common in testing. I mean, partly you don't want cheating. 
Um, and, and you want to have a, a, a wide variety of types of questions that you ask, that sort of thing. How do we know that the students just actually aren't smarter, that they're not doing better? Again, we have the NAEP. We have the outside benchmark that says... Because they're doing they're, poorly on the national test, right. but they seem to be doing better on the state the, test. We just conclude that they must have an easy test. Right. So, so let's say that... Uh, I want to measure your height, and I have a standard measurement, a ruler, right? Yes. And we measure you, and then you have your own system of measurement. And it used to be that in your own system of measurement, you were five foot tall, and the stand—I don't know how tall you really are—but uh, the in the standard measurement, you were six. Well, we would say, well, you you rated yourself low on that. You were really tough on yourself, and then you change your system, okay? And now you're six foot six, but on the standard, you're still six foot tall. That's what's happened. We have this standard stick that we're measuring schools with, and that hasn't changed. But what has changed in this is a state test, and we see this tremendous difference on the state test. So are we seeing that students are doing better on the Missouri test, but on the national test, these same students are faring poorly or poorer? Yes, that's, that's what... Ha- it, the performance in the state looks like they're doing better than they actually are. So is there any possibility state officials are trying to make sure that the students in unaccredited school districts pass those tests so they purposely make the tests easier? I don't know that there's anything nefarious, but I'll tell you this, that there there has been a push in recent years. When we saw Normandy and Riverview Gardens become unaccredited, we saw students start transferring from those districts. There was a tremendous, tremendous Outcry. push. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's a push from the school district officials uh, to, to make them. to yeah. make tests easier and to make the MSIP, that school improvement system, easier. People want the accreditation system to be easier. I'm not saying that this happened purposefully on the test, but I will say it's part of a larger um, push to make the accreditation system yeah. easier. It gets complicated, folks, because as you all know, if you are in an unaccredited school district... Your children can then attend the public school of your choice within the county. That's the law, right? That's right. And the unaccredited school district has to pay, I think, at least for the tuition, maybe the transportation. I can't remember the exact. Uh, so it, well, okay, we'll take some phone calls, including this one from Steve. Steve, what do you know? You're on KMOX. Yeah, I, Charlie, I We need just, some headsets uh, for, our, hey, hang on a second, Steve. Can we get yeah. some headsets for uh, James Schultz? Why don't we do that while we're getting headsets for our distinguished guests? We'll tell folks about uh, Weiss Heating and Cooling. Hang on, Steve. We're going to get to you. And if, if there are teachers in the audience, are you out there on vacation for summertime? Would you please weigh in at 314-436-7900-800-925-1120? Now, the reason I like Weiss Heating and Cooling is I got a new air conditioning system from Dan Weiss two summers ago, and our house, if anything, is a little bit too cool. It It's great. It's working very well, and it provides a great respite from the hot air outside. If you are having a sticky, humid, sultry summer, contact Dan Weiss at WeissComfortSystems.com. Get the phone number for your side of the river. He'll take care of everybody in our listening audience. He has some great rebates right now, not only from the manufacturer, Lennox, but also uh, from the local utilities like Spire and Ameren and Ameren UE. You can get uh, discounts right now, and they will send you the check. They fill out the paperwork for you. All you do is sit back and walk, watch those checks roll in from Lennox as well as uh, the utilities. Weiss Heating and Cooling has been in business since 1974. Fantastic company. They do not send rookies out on the clean and checks. Only 
experienced journeymen, and they'll make it right. So if you want your house to be really cool and you want it to be serviced by people who know what they're doing, WeissComfortSystems.com. Okay, I think we have some uh, headsets there. Go ahead, Steve. You're on KMOX. Yeah, I can only parallel. I'm, I'm looking at the broader picture, and I can parallel it to my son, who's a much better student than I was. But we both went to Chaminade, went to Mizzou. He was even in the same fraternity I was. And my son always got really good grades, but he would always tell me how the thing that I noticed is how these kids are able to cheat with their phones. And uh, like Chaminade is a paperless school with their laptops. And I'll tell you what, when I went to Mizzou in the 80s, if you weren't a good student, you flunked out. And I, my son generally hangs out with pretty bright kids. Uh, but a lot of these kids that, that weren't very good students, they're getting by. And I, I think that school in general I mean, it's gotten a lot, lot easier. I, 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 I'm not trying to indict my own son, but I, I, I've met a lot of his buddies around the old fraternity house, and some of them are good students like my son, but even the kids that are, are, are borderline students or would have flunked out in the past, they're, they're, they're still getting good grades. I, I think testing in general has gotten a, gotten a whole lot easier, and I, I can mm. only compare it to my son as that case study. I think it's a lot easier than it used to be. Okay, thanks a lot for the call, Steve. So we're talking about two different things. Uh, the prevalence of cheating, as well as easier tests. He thinks that the tests are getting easier. Who knows? Now, Chaminade would not have the NAEP test. Would right, they, they wouldn't have these same tests. Um, but this is something that I want to make sure the audience knows, that this isn't just about Normandy or Riverview Gardens. I mean, Missouri has changed the tests over the recent years, and I don't think they're giving – you know, I have two kids in public schools. I get the results back from these tests – um, and they don't give us any useful information, and especially when they're changing the bar, we can't actually see how our students are doing. And so I think all parents should be interested in this this issue. Yeah, there's no doubt that in recent years the tests have changed and the goalposts are moving all around. I remember once the uh, principal of our kids' middle middle school said that uh, she had to administer about 11 standardized tests every year. It's kind of crazy. Okay, it's time for news. Tom Ackerman is in the house. KMOX. Listen anytime, anywhere. Download the Radio.com app today. Now, back to the Charlie Brennan Show. Sponsored by Doctors Birdie, Mahatra, Brusati, and Royer of Ophthalmology Associates. James Schultz is with us today. He teaches at UMSL. He's also a fellow at the Show Me Institute. And uh, he believes, among other things, the standardized tests in Missouri are not good, also that they're getting easier, generally speaking. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and I wonder if there are uh, teachers out there who can uh, tell us what it's like. If you have boots on the ground, give us a call at 436-7900-800-925-1120. Art, good morning. You're on KMOX. Yeah, hey, Charlie, Dave. Um, hey, I, I taught high school in another state, but uh, moved to Missouri 20 years ago, and, and I've got three daughters that... Uh, Two are still in high school, one's in college, and every year one of my biggest frustrations is the amount of time toward the end of the school year that they spend uh, preparing for the MAP test. And I, I've come into this conversation late, so if that's not what you're talking about, please forgive me, but this strikes a nerve with me. It feels like they stop learning new stuff, and all they do is spend a couple of weeks trying to prepare for a test that clearly there has to be money tied to how well the schools do. And I'll, I'll take your comment off the air. Maybe you can just explain to me why they have to do that. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, that uh, that is the kind of like the uh, achievement test in Missouri. And I do recall quite a few hours in grade, school, grade schools uh, devoted to 
preparation for the MAP test? Yeah, starting starting in third grade, and I think this question's a great segue. I mean, we've been talking a little bit about the tests getting easier and, and what that means for Normandy becoming reaccredited, but um, I think it's time for Missouri, you know, especially as we reconstitute our State Board of Education, I think it's time for a commission, for a group that is going to really look into our state tests because there's your caller is absolutely right. There's a there's a growing sentiment that we're testing kids too much. And when I get the reports back from Missouri on how my kids are doing, they're useless. They don't tell me any useful information. I'll get a score like 387. What the heck does 387 mean? And they'll tell me if they're proficient or advanced, but they give me no other details. If we're going to test kids, and most people think that there is some use to that, it's good to know if schools are actually teaching, kids are actually learning, but we've really got to do a better job because we shouldn't waste their time and we should be giving useful information. Okay, a little history might be important. There was a time when schools were passing individuals who didn't have the basics. In fact, you'd find kids going to Mizzou and getting remedial math and remedial reading. That still might be the case in in some areas. But there was an unlikely alliance in Washington, D.C. between President George W. Bush and uh, Senator Ted Kennedy out of Massachusetts, and they crafted what's called No Child Left Mm -hmm. Behind. And they required testing in the schools to see if the kids really were learning. And I think that that was laudable because other countries seem to be doing a better job, but maybe it's gotten out of hand. Maybe there's too much testing now. Right, That that's the point, that there is a use to testing. We want to know how schools are doing, and I think it is useful, especially as we look around St. Louis, and we know that there are schools where kids are really struggling. Tests are a good use to identify that sort of thing, but they can also be used to help um, – Teachers inform instruction. The right types of tests could be used to inform instruction, to help improve instruction, to identify students who have needs. And so we can do so much better and so much more. I think the problem with our testing system is is it has grown, but it has never been really um, analyzed and looked at with a really critical eye to say, how can we do this very well? And instead, we just continue to layer things on top rather than Mm -hmm. uh, analyze what we've done, cut back things we don't need, and and improve the whole system. June is next on KMOX. We're talking to James Schulz, who teaches at UMSL, is also a fellow at the Show Me Institute. Oh, June has left. June has left the house. Call back, June, if you'd like. We move on to Lane. Hi, Lane. Hi. I teach high school math, and you're right that the parents don't look at NAEP. They get a paper that says their student is proficient. Missouri parents are told their students are proficient or advanced, but they could be two or three grade levels below the student in a neighboring state. That's one of the downsides for local control. We had a good um, Smarter Balance test, but an attorney from Missouri sued and got rid of it because Smarter Balance is something about interstate contract, and she was right. The laws were violated. But instead of working together to change the laws, we're left with a Missouri test that's costing us millions of dollars. Um, and by having our own test, we can make this passing score as low as we want. That's So you, you agree with James Scholes that the tests are getting easier and that the tests are bad and all yeah. that and more. But wouldn't it be a whole lot easier to change laws so we can have Smarter Balance back? That is really interesting, Lane. Thanks a lot. Are you at liberty to tell us what school district you're working in? I'm in Francis Howell. Francis Howell. Thanks for the call. Michael is next. Hi, Michael. Hi, Joey. How are you today? Great, thank uh, you. 
Yes, I was in Florida on some business. They had a, a, a big spreadsheet and uh, on the air and everything of how poor the uh, students are doing in the United States at grade level. And uh, I was astounded by the one thing that uh, Detroit, they had the worst grading of all. Now, all of them were bad. But Detroit, only 5% was actually doing a grade level in all grades. And uh, I, I was surprised nobody brought that up. Because, Huge issue. Uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, and there are parts of our area that are not all that much better. Right. So some of the schools are in Normandy. Uh, you have students where or places where 10% of the students are scoring proficient or advanced. Um, we have some serious problems. We have pockets of really low performance throughout the city. Yeah. What school district was it? Was it Riverview where or maybe it was Normandy? Post-dispatch reporter went up there and found out teachers weren't showing up in class and homework was never assigned. This was maybe three years ago. Yeah, I don't recall the story, yeah. but I mean... I'll look it up. Yeah. It, 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 was, um, it was telling and... I think after that, they decided that the reporters could only go into the school with permission from the administration after that. Well, I, you you gave a little bit of a history lesson uh, just a moment ago about No Child Left Behind. And I, I want to make sure people understand that this, this arc goes back even farther. I mean, in the 80s, under Reagan, we had a, a nation at risk. Right. Um, and we started then noticing that Missouri was, or not Missouri, the United States was falling behind other nations. Through the 80s and early 90s is when you had the push for accountability. Missouri first instituted standards in 92. At the same time, we put in place uh, that law that eventually led to Normandy becoming unaccredited. Uh, the standards movement and testing started in the 90s, culminated with No Child Left Behind. That's when we really started getting high-stakes tests. Uh, and what we see over all this time is testing itself has led to very modest gains in achievement. Testing does matter, and holding schools accountable does matter. But I, I think of testing more as a way to give us information, not as a reform strategy strategy to push schools to get better. Very interesting. And wasn't it announced about a month ago that the University of Chicago will no longer require the ACT or the SAT to get in? I, I can't remember which. I've seen these news stories. Yeah. yeah. That, that there's a big push, especially um, – to, to reduce bias in admissions policies to, to not look at tests as much. Well, again, I think that there is a useful place for tests, but we've got to be wise about it. Okay, let's take a break and come back with more. We have uh, apparently some students as well as teachers calling in. We'll take your phone call, 436-7900-800-925-1120. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back with your calls in just a moment. KMOX. Listen anytime, anywhere. Download the Radio.com app today. Now, back to the Charlie Brennan Show. Sponsored by Doctors Birdie, Mahatra, Brusati, and Royer of Ophthalmology Associates. Charlie Brennan and the Voice of St. Louis. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Don't forget, the Gateway Region at YMCA, our July Voice of Caring partner, relies on the generosity and support of others to help serve the community. Learn more about volunteering by visiting kmwex.com. James Schultz is a fellow at the Show Me Institute. He's also a teacher at uh, the University of Missouri-St. Louis, and we're glad to have him with us today. He's an assistant professor of educational leadership and policy studies at UMSL and a distinguished fellow in education policy at the Show Me Institute. So we're talking about the tests that your kids take in high school and in schools in Missouri. Uh, the bumper sticker for our discussion today is 
Mr. Scholes believes the tests are getting easier, and that's why the test scores are going up. What do you say, Pam? You're on KMOX. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I taught at a private college, and uh, I, I've noticed that there's such an emphasis on other things, extracurricular activities by faculty and, of course, parents and students, staff, everyone. And uh, when I graduated high school four years ago, uh, it was uh, you were you were really praised if you scored highly and, and you were intellectual and you tried hard to achieve. But I see today that, that those types of students are often ridiculed and criticized. Now, that's not everywhere, of course, but it's it, commonly happens, yeah. and I think it's a cultural change. It's very sad because students are kind of embarrassed to excel, and teachers um, don't realize either that there's been a cultural shift in this regard, and school boards don't. They're, well, they're just not emphasizing this. You know, I, I, I'm sorry to hear that. I don't think it's necessarily true in all school districts, and if you can, move to a school district where academics are cherished and embraced, although... It is true there was a time when the kid who got the highest scores would be known as the valedictorian, but we've kind of gotten rid of that at a lot of schools because there's issues of what they call equity. Equity is the term that's replaced academic achievement or the achievement gap. And it is true that some individuals may not have internet access at home or their parents don't have the resources to get tutors or send you to Kumon, whereas some kids do. And so I think that's one of the reasons, James, that academics are now uh, seen as, if you get high academic scores, you're kind of considered privileged. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. There is a culture that doesn't place as much value on academics, but... um, a, a classmate of mine at the University of Arkansas wrote a book called Acting White, and I don't mean to change the topic too much, but he adopted two black children from Haiti, and when he did, he's white. Someone said, are you afraid the kids are going to get made fun of for acting white? And so he started looking into this phenomenon, um, especially in the black community, looking historically through uh, desegregation, how we closed black schools, we closed uh Uh, took away, fired the black teachers, pushed black students into white schools. That's how desegregation mostly worked. Mm. And when that happened in many black communities, uh, if you excelled, you were in the classes with the white students and you got made fun of for for acting white. That was the the premise of his book. And so he argues that this this can, this culture, whether it's in a white school or a black school, whatever school it's in, if the culture is that being smart isn't cool, then that's not good for education. If you read the autobiography of the late, great Dick Gregory, comedian who I believe went to Sumner, he says well, growing up, uh, the most respected kids were the athletes and the smart students. Mm. Hello, uh, Brian. You're on KMOX. Hello. Hi. Um, I was uh, talking, wanted to talk to you about some of the things that you're talking about with uh, standardized testing. You're comparing apples to oranges when you compare us to other uh, countries. Other countries around the world, they test only their best students because the other students aren't going to go to college. Uh, there's a little bit of truth to that. Like, that's true in China, is it not? I don't know about Finland, but that's definitely true in China. Uh, in, the, in the National Assess, the PISA and the TIMS, they do their best to try to get representative samples of students. And so uh, I hear this criticism all the time. I don't know how much water it holds. Interesting. Madison, you're on KMOX. Hi. i just like to comment on I graduated high school in 2013. And really, at my school, I went to Limburg. 
the cool kids were the smart kids. I mean, those were the kids that everybody hung out with. It was the people who were in the AP classes, yeah. you know, the advanced classes, but had, you know, also a lot of times humor goes along with intelligence. Yeah, I've, I've heard thing. phenomenal things about the Lindbergh School District, except you got to pay for kindergarten, so they got to change that. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it's one of the best school districts in the country. It was certainly one of the best in the state, one of the highest performing, so maybe the culture says something about that. James Schultz had a wonderful uh, visit with you today. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks so much for the invitation. It's great to be with you.